everybody, and welcome to the 11th episode of the No Marks Allowed Podcast. This is the post-WrestleMania podcast, and post some really cool stuff on NXT, post the, I don't know if it's necessarily the blow-off, but the big, the big rising action in the feud between, you know, the love triangle, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Dolph Ziggler... Otis Dozovich, all that stuff went down this past week and at WrestleMania. And there was a major WWE title change at WrestleMania. We'll get, I'm sure you know what it is by now, but we'll give you all of our thoughts well, there was a on that. Yeah, there, yes, there was too. Uh, joining me in this adventure speaking. into the world of pro wrestling, once again, alongside me, a long ways away, some few hundred thousand feet away, is Evan Williamson. Evan, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing just fine. I have not contracted COVID-19 yet, so that automatically means I'm doing all right. Um, unfortunately, it would appear that the planet, at least here in Illinois, has contracted a case of I have no idea what season it is. Because two days ago, it was nice and hot. Or not nice and hot, it was hot. Then, like, yesterday, it was good. Then, um, like, down in Macomb, where we both used to reside, there was some freaking hail. I know, I like how it, how it storms now that we're gone. But it didn't do that much when we were there. Right, I, I, I texted Becca this. I said, well, so much for the Macomb Dome. Anyway, um, but yeah, so... So much for that Macomb Dome. Macomb got a ton of hail where where Evan and I used to live and where we went to school. There's a metric ton of there's a ton of hail there. We got some bad storms up here, and now today it's like, oh hey look, it's November. That's what it feels like. Like it's just ridiculous. So. The one thing, the weather outside may not have any understanding of what season it is, but, but, there is one thing that we absolutely know what season it is, and that is the WWE, because it is WrestleMania season. Or, well, what, is it still WrestleMania senior, is it that senior? Is it WrestleMania season right after Mania? I would or say until the SmackDown following? after WrestleMania, it is. Okay, we so the, we're still in WrestleMania season. Yeah, we saw the SmackDown fallout. Right. We're at the end of WrestleMania season. And yeah, we will talk about WrestleMania, we will talk about Raw, we'll talk about NXT. I laid my eyeballs on Raw for the first time in a few weeks. Whether I regret that decision or not, you'll find out. I also laid my eyeballs on NXT, and I was getting very scared that they weren't going to give me what I wanted. Like, literally, the only reason I dropped eyes on NXT this week was for one thing. And for a while, I was getting really scared that they weren't going to do it, or that this was the wrong week or something. So we'll talk about those things. Um, I didn't watch AEW because, as I said, I watched NXT. So nothing from AEW 
uh, on the show this week. Aside but, from the um, fact that they were taped through May. Are they really? Mm-hmm. Nice. So maybe so I will. they already have a TNT champion or whatever picked out and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe maybe we will wind up watching some of that then if WWE goes away, because they don't have another location yet, correct? Oh, I'll get to that. Okay. Um. Anyway, so yeah, so I didn't watch AEW, so we're going to talk about NXT. No talk of AEW on this week's program. Evan Williamson, do you know what I'm going to ask you for? A listenership check? No, I'm not going to ask you for a listenership check. Okay. I'm going to ask you to get us started in the random and the rumor. All right. Well, first things first, uh, are you going to say, you know, the words that, you know, you've been so accustomed to say to me over the years, over the couple of years that we've known each other, that I was right? I don't comprehend. Well, we revealed that. I was right once again that Mandy Rose was not the evil heel, at least not right now. At least not in this juncture of the story. But they didn't! But. Uh... Okay, do, do, do you at least agree they didn't do as good a job of this as they could have? I mean, I mean, you can always do better. Because some of. Okay, Mr. Coach. Um. Because some of, like, the the tweets and stuff, like, the stuff that Mandy did made, sure made it look like she was the heel. I don't, Unless I we... don't feel I can be blamed for not understanding the heel in, in face in this situation, because I don't know that they did. But go on. Yeah, so, um, by the way, uh, well, they had, uh, Tucker getting ready for his match with, uh, Dolph Ziggler, and Mandy Rose randomly showed up. It didn't say anything. And then you started seeing those glitches again, and this time it said the truth will be revealed. Um, and I noticed on, on Twitter that they said that, has anybody else noticed that the glitches have only been happening during these Otis and segments? And, like, I did not notice that. I actually that. didn't notice that, no. Um, I've, I've, like, the few times I've seen, I mean, maybe they've done it a few times, but maybe they've, like, really hammered it into this one. So, so like, so here's my thing. Like, let's pause for one second. So, the way that they do this, which is they do the big reveal of who's the dastardly one in this, of who who really sent the Valentine's Day text. Find out on Mori Povich or whatever. Um, anyway, the way that they do that is there's a match. Um. Tucky is about to be murdered senselessly. Yeah, Ortis left because he got a random text message or something. But did he? It was the raw general manager. Um, Tucky is about to be murdered by Dolph Ziggler because the WWE is really going hard for this whole yeah, let's do storylines where people almost or where people could possibly die. No, I don't think they did that for this one. Or make it look like if if the steps are as heavy as they say they be, and you get your noggin squishy squishy, you'd be pretty in a lot of trouble. You'd be in trouble. Did he try to hit him with the steps? Yeah, he was gonna. Uh, Tucker was Tucker. Sorry, I just love doing that. Tucker was laying down on the steps, and Ziggler was gonna squish him like a bug. 
Oh, I forgot about that. I, so, I, I remember him giving in the zigzag on the steps, which, by the way, would that... Re- I Like, I didn't agree that that would cause a disqualification, necessarily. A zigzag? Wait, what? Explain it one more time. He did a zigzag on the steel steps. But the steps were, like, still at ringside. And they disqualified him for it. Mm, I think that's like still did. use of a foreign object. I mean, like, if you, like, did, like... Uh, I mean, then again, they don't disqualify anything for anybody or know their own rules, so... Like... I, mean, I would is, argue, wrestling who cares anymore? But... Yeah, but anyway... Tucker Tucky is going to be senselessly murdered by Dolph Ziggler. And then... Otis runs out, goes, uh, runs out, and Mandy and Sonya run out. I'm like, oh wait, stop! This I'm like, the, watching the YouTube clip of this is kind of confusing because like, what the what, what? And then there's glitches, and it goes, the truth will be revealed. I'm like, oh, didn't didn't Mandy come out and stop Dolph Ziggler? No, they Mandy and uh, and Sonya both came out and stopped him. Yeah, this was before Otis came out, right? No, Otis came out with... Because Otis came out and ran for, like... The two girls came out and made Dolph pause, you know, to not kill Tucker. Okay. And then Otis made a beeline for Tucker. And no, I don't have a twitch or a stutter or anything. It's just hilarious how he says that. Um, then he made a beeline to make sure he was okay. Go no number. Um, he made a beeline for Tucker to make sure Tucker was okay. So Mandy and Sonya come out first, but like seconds later is when Otis comes out, making sure his friend is okay. Mm-hmm. So anyway, anyway, the the truth shall be revealed. Some dude, uh, I'm trying to. Is this somebody's gimmick? I'm that pretty I sure it's Mustafa Ali. Don't know. Somebody in a hood that you can't see sitting in front of a computer like it's supposed to be a hacker. It is like the truth will be revealed. And then they do some, you know, fizzy, fady effects. And then they faded to, like, in the locker room the night of Valentine's Day. And it is Mandy standing there talking to Sonya, like, oh, I, Otis is so cute, blah, 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 like, you know, talking about Otis. And then uh, Mandy leaves to get ready or some crap like that. Sonya grabs Mandy's phone, sends a text to Otis that Mandy's going to be late. So this gives me one immediate question. Why did Mandy leave without her phone? But, okay. Well, she just went to the bathroom or something. You gotta have something to do in there. Anyway... Mandy leaves her phone, Sonya sends a text, then they do another fizzy, you know, grainy cut to Sonya 
saying, oh, it'll all work out, or whatever, you know. It, it, it's something that seems innocent at first, and then the camera widens, and, oh my god, it's Dolph Ziggler, and they're working together because Dolph wants to get with Mandy, and Sonya's gonna get him there by blocking Tuck. The logic behind this is not important, as anything with WWE is not important these days. Or the the logic, anyway. The logic sucks, but that's not important. What is important, we've had a big reveal. It is it is truly Dolph that is the culprit behind this. Mandy's upset, just looks at Sonya and walks away. And Sonya's like, wait, no, come back. Oh, no. And Ziggler's like, oh, crap. He's he's kind of disheveled. Now, everybody just kind of looked around like, uh, just kind of stunned. What? And I texted you this. I would have immediately, like as soon as the reveal is done, I would have had Mandy and Otis team up and turn Ziggler and Deville into powder. Yeah. Into into the- neat little into neat little bits and pieces. Absolutely or at least not. attempt to, and then the cowardly heels run away. Because it was still fresh, and it was still like, you know, you need a chance to process that kind of thing. So, they're like, so, that would probably be the reaction most people would have. Like, what? why did they do this? Why did they do this type thing? And, you know, wait, and, and then, you know, what we'll talk about later is, you know, at WrestleMania when they're acting worse and like it's and it's more of a thing like okay then they took care of it Mm -hmm. so then that's that's the major thing that happened on smackdown i think it could have been done better because i think that you could have had immediately tucker because we're all waiting i think the the blow off that people were waiting for was to have Tucker get so mad he snaps and basically it just absolutely, you know, because they're building Otis as this nice guy, right? Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, you know, it seemed like they were going for the blow-off of he figures out or gets pissed or whatever. He eventually figures out that he's getting done dirty by Ziggler, at least, and then just, uh, if they were doing this right, and then just absolutely kaboshes him in a no tomorrow and just snaps. Like, and then you have a few different... Basically have it at WrestleMania. You, ha- you have a few different ways you can go with it. But, I think that, in my opinion, I think you could have done it like that how do I put this? I think they should have done it that way before WrestleMania and then had the actual match at Mania. Because, like we see with something else, the snap should probably happen before the match happens. But then would you be as interested in the match? Because, you know, you're finally getting to see Otis get his hands on Dolph Ziggler, but if he's already got his hands on it, it was like, ah. No, 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 I'm not saying, like... I like I said, like, the story is, was more... No, 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 I didn't, I don't, 
I didn't mean he actually beats the... Well, I guess I said tournament powder. I think that the faces should have jumped the heels, but I think the heels should have gotten away. And then you do mixed tag at Mania. And they get their comeuppance. The, the heels get what's coming to them. Yeah, I think they're still building stuff. So anyway, so that's what happened there. And you want to talk about Firefly Funhouse from SmackDown. It wasn't a Firefly Funhouse. It was John Cena just, uh, you know, giving his... his uh, Her, yeah. Giving his speech, which... Um, was it this week that he said all the stuff about Bray Wyatt being uh, overly hyped, you know, so, something? I think. Basically what they used in the match that was what they used at the WrestleMania match to basically describe John Cena. Mm-hmm. Like the pot ca- calling the kettle black type thing. Right. Um, and then, uh, like, this was a good, like, he he did the stuff, and then uh, Rambling Rabbit, who, by the way, I forgot to say, Rambling Rabbit was killed again the other day. <laughs> they killed him again? Yeah, he, he was, he was, he was, uh, he was blended in a blender, and so... Oh my Rambling, gosh! Yeah. Dude! What does WWE creative have against Wabbits? Um, Can we get a death count on Rambling Rabbit, please? It's been at least four or five times. You know what? Instead of a listenership check, from now on, we're just going to do the Rambling Rabbit death count. Uh, Anyway, uh, so then uh, they showed the, the puppets, and they come out, and they were on each side of the side of the barricade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you will be with us forever, forever, forever. It's like, uh oh, he's here. And then they showed, uh, then the lights turned out, and then the fiend was up on the uh, balcony where they uh, reenacted the Lion King last the week before. <laughs> and, uh, Jesus. And he's such he, a bad guy for that. What? You're such a bad guy for that. Who? You! Um, That's terrible! That was an actual person that got yeeted off a balcony and probably should have died. Um, or, or, or it, it, at the very least, they should have done a little bit more than they did, which we will talk about. Yeah. <laughs> um... So then uh, the lights turn out again, and uh, and he goes, "Let me in!" And it like it's it startled me, and it startled everybody. Like a lot of people said that legit scared me. So that was that was really good. And then the lights turn out, and he disappeared again, and that's how it ended. <sighs> that horrible PTSD-inducing breaker flip sound. Um, but yeah, this was this was all right. Cena's Cena, you know. Stuff with him is never going to be bad. It could get old, possibly, but it ain't never going to be terrible. This was nice John Cena work. Not much else to say about it. All right, good use of not having an audience. So, like they're using yes. stuff to their advantage. And there was. A, we'll talk about this later on. There was an amazing use of 
not having an audience a little bit later on um, in the week. But anyway, on to Mania. Okay, so this is hilarious. So I've had the network before, but I didn't really want to watch Mania as much as I usually do. I feel like it's kind of obvious why. Um, because, look, I love wrestling. God, watching wrestling with a, without a crowd is... That sucks. Ugh. So I did not buy the network. Saving up my money. Because I'm hoping to go to a job soon. I saved my, you know, I saved my 30 bucks to buy two months or my 10 bucks or whatever. Because, honestly, besides watching Mania, I probably wouldn't have used the network. So, I didn't really think it was worth it to do it. I also, like I said, this with no crowd, I kind of knew it was going to be bad. It was just going to feel like a Raw, and it did. But then I thought, hey, you know, it is, you know, free for the first month. So I grabbed another email account and made a WWE Network account. So I watched most of night one. And then after one of the finishes to night one, I was so pissed off, I just didn't want to watch anymore. So I was going to go back later. And then when I try to go back later, it says, you must renew your subscription, your free trial is expired. So the one-month WWE Network free trial lasts four hours. So, uh, nice going, nice going, Vince. Um, or nice so, going, you tried to play the system and you got caught. How is it getting caught playing the system? Because it obviously didn't work. But it ain't playing the damn system. It's a free... How can they link that to it's like me? multiple emails to get to get multiple free months of a subscription that's not playing the system? I was just going to do it for one freaking day and then cancel it. And also, how are they going to... How how could they tell that was me? Maybe they, maybe they found the IP address. You really think that there was somebody sitting there in Connecticut that is getting paid... To look at the IP address of every new dude that signs up for the network. Because I don't. Especially with all the money that they are paying to wrestlers. Alright. Ridiculous. Anyway. Crazy thoughts aside. So I couldn't watch night two or the end of night one. And it sounds like I'm glad I didn't. Except for not being able to see Rhea and Charlotte. And then I saw some of it when they did their little weird abbreviated thing on NXT. And I also saw some of the Boneyard match when they did their weird abbreviated thing that is so damn hard to watch on Raw. Like, like seriously. I know you are trying to get people to buy the network. But I will mention this when I talk about Raw. The way that they do these little free TV WrestleMania replays is so bad. Like, they'll do motion and then they'll stop and do a still photo, then a little more motion and still... Like, it just screws with your brain. Like, it's just so incredibly hard to watch. 
And I, I'm not talking about, like, the match was terrible. Like, I'm not talking about it from that perspective. I'm talking about it just from the perspective of it was difficult to watch because it, like, hurt my brain the way that it was presented. Like, that was just terrible. So, anyway, WrestleMania. Um, Evan, I will let you take the lead. So we're not going to talk about anything else about any of this important stuff? About what important stuff? About WWE still finding a way to continue doing stuff. No, uh, that's just because we're rolling with SmackDown. We're just going to roll on through and then we'll talk about that at the end. Alright. Because so, we already rolled into SmackDown. We already kind of jumped random and rumor anyway. So we're just going to keep SmackDown going. was beforehand, but alright. Um, so night one started off with the... Uh, with the uh, with the uh, women's tag titles. Well, it technically started with Cesaro Drew Gulak, which was an uh, interesting. Oh, kickoff! Yeah. Um. By the way, the kickoff was interesting. Uh, it was it was funny because this the way that what that guy from ESPN I don't remember his name. And Corey Graves' uh, banter was good. Guy from Espen. Yeah. Or he used to be from ESPN, I think. Coach? No. I have no coach. Oh, well. It hey, anyway, so... We had the Cesaro-Drew Gulak match. Uh, Cesaro actually played up an arm injury, so I don't remember how the match ended, but I remember he did, like, the... Instead of doing the swing, he did, like, a propeller thing where he put him on his shoulders and spinned around with no arms. That was kind of cool. And then that was it for that. And we'll get to the show proper. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts about the Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, and the Kabuki Warriors tag team match. But I guess we'll, we'll start with you. What did you not like about it? Okay. Here, here's here's my thing. This is my only thing with this match. It was fine. I really don't think that there is in ring. I'm not sure if there was anything wrong with it. Was it the best match ever? No, it wasn't going to be. Was it the worst match ever? No, it's not going to be with who's in the ring. Quit playing to the crowd that isn't there. Good God. Quit with the freaking dancing gimmick and make Asuka and Kyrie Sane wrestlers for the love of God. In all fairness, that's kind of what they do in Japan. I don't give a crap what they do in Japan. They are they're great professional wrestlers. And guess what? Guess where we are? We're not in Japan. The same thing in, that works in Japan doesn't work in the U.S. NASCAR doesn't work in Europe. At least not nearly as well. Formula One doesn't work in the American South nearly as well as NASCAR does. Tastes are different. Anyway. So, they they do their dancing gimmick, which makes them both look stupid. And then... In your opinion. They, yeah, in my opinion, it makes them look stupid. So, then, like... Kyrie Sane is playing to the crowd. Asuka's like, there's no crowd. Quit playing to the damn crowd. There's still a it's TV like, audience. 
Can you guys do a match without a crowd? Like, it makes me question just how good Kyrie is. Because Kyrie Sane in particular could not do this match without playing to the crowd that didn't exist. It makes her look stupid. Yes, there's a TV crowd, but just like just let the TV do it. Like that's not how it works, but okay. In like in radio, right? I when you and I do radio for volleyball, right? Mhm. We have to describe things in greater detail. Yeah. Because people can't see whereas in television people can see so you can at sometimes just Kind of let the TV do the work for you, right? There, it's two different things doing radio, you know, for sports and doing TV for sports, right? Mm-hmm. There is a difference in how you should do, I think, to make it look, not insult people and make it look decent, there ought to be a difference in how you do wrestling in front of a crowd versus not in front of a crowd. Well, if you are practicing, like, in a wrestling school, and there's no crowd there, that's different. But what I'm saying is, when you are playing to a crowd that doesn't there, that isn't there, like, if you are watching a baseball game, okay... Baseball players know that there's a TV audience, right? Like, if you're watching a Major League Baseball yeah, game. Yeah, but there's a difference between sports wait, wait, and sports wait, wait, entertainment. Wait. Uh, no, this is wrestling. Wait a minute. Hang sports on. Sports entertainment, okay? yes. No, those are two different things. Between what? Wrestling and sports entertainment are this not the same This is the WWE. Thing. It's sports entertainment. Okay, whatever. Uh, just hang on. Let me hear me out, okay? The the point of this is the suspended, you know, suspended reality, or, sorry, I didn't put that right, but you know what I mean. Anyway, at a baseball game, would you ever see Mike Trout walk up to bat in an empty stadium, which could happen, actually, because of what they're planning on doing with COVID, if Mike Trout walked up to the plate, in an empty stadium. I don't, he wouldn't do this anyway because it's not his personality, but we're just going to go with this for a second. Do you think he would, you know, move his arms up and down and, and pump up the crowd like he's in the bottom of the ninth? No, he wouldn't. Because he wouldn't want to look like an idiot. Because there's no crowd there. So, my biggest issue with this, and I'll stop talking, is... They were playing to a crowd that didn't exist, which made them look dumb, which made me question their sanity and made this look worse than it was. And I think this was fine. Except just like there's certain like there are certain things that worked without the crowd. And there were certain things that I was like, oh man, this should have had a crowd to it, frick. This really sucks. Like, for example, when we get to night two, the Mandy and Sonia and all that stuff, 
That should have been in front of people. That's I hate. I feel so bad for the wrestlers involved there. That that storyline couldn't have paid off in front of people because that pop would have been awesome. And I kind of feel bad for that that wasn't in front of people. But also, you know, there there's things that work very well in front of pe- without people. And there's been some things that don't. This is one of those where it didn't work at all with no people there. Because they tried to just go on like there was nobody there. And also, once again, I, I, I have a question. Um, I believe I, that I have expressed this. If you can have... 10 people, or maybe I haven't expressed this on the pod, I've just expressed this over the whole Walmart thing, where Wally World won't let a certain number, at least where I live anyway, because of COVID, only a certain number of people can go in the store at the same time. I understand that you shouldn't have 150 people in a two-foot area. But when you've got several thousand square feet or tens of thousands of square feet in this giant superstore, why the hell can seven people occupy a, you know, a giant area? It just, it's really stupid and makes no sense to me. Well, this isn't, I mean, this is bigger than a Walmart. This is a really big place. So my question is... Why can't you do what AEW does and have some guys at ringside? Because when AEW has like MJF or has um ah uh, Frank was tie uh, Sean Spears when they have like heels at ringside or they have people cla- like it at least gives it some noise and does make it feel better. But all you all you have is just the announcers and and nothing else going on. And the other thing that I kind of wish they would have done, that I think Baron Corbin may have tried to do, but it just kind of fell flat. I kind of wished at some point, and again, I didn't. I won't. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't see the whole thing, but what I did see, I think it would have been kind of nice if one of the uh, one of the announcers had said something bad about somebody. And the wrestler that heard it turned around and yelled at him for it. I think they did that. Did they do that? I'm okay. pretty sure Bailey Bailey said something. Okay. On night two. Well, it's like I said, I didn't see everything, so that's good if they did that. But I was kind of wait uh, when I was watching it. I was waiting for him to do it, and I didn't see him do it. But that's good that they did that because I feel like that's a little piece of reality that is okay to bring up because you can still believe in Bailey's character. You can it's still also, believe it's also in her a gimmick, good feeling, especially when you're commenting a sport because you're like, "I have to say this, but right. I don't want them to hear me." <laughs> well, no, but like you can still believe in Bailey's gimmick, but also have a small piece of reality sprinkled in there of what's going on, because wrestling is not, co- a, you know, completely a fantasy world. It's grounded in there in some reality, but there's some parts that are gimmicks. So anyway. Now, that was really long-winded. I've taken out some stuff that to talk about later. 
this will save us some time in the long run. What'd you think of this? Uh, I really liked it. Um, I think the fact that there was no crowd made you actually appreciate the match more because you focused more on it. Um, as opposed to, you know, being distracted by the fans. The way I saw it, you know, and I'm, I'm going to be honest, I think this was the best uh, tag team match that I've seen with the Kabuki Warriors in it in a while. Like I really hope that this this feud continues because that was a really good match. Um, when they at the beginning, I thought, you know, you say they're playing up to the kind of something. I like. I think like it almost looked like a live event match where they do stuff that they wouldn't necessarily do on regular TV. Aren't there people at live event really... matches though? Hmm? Aren't there people there though? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, but so, they, so but, but they we are still... still once again at my point of there are no people. Okay, go on. But they do things to entertain each other. Like, try to pop each other, try to make each other laugh. And I think that was kind of what was going on. You know, trying to make use out of a bad situation. You know, trying to keep... Oh, yeah, it's WrestleMania. This is a serious match for... The you know tag team championships let's make each other laugh. Yeah, that's that's real professional. That 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 really that really makes this look good and not like a joke. I mean, freaking the Undertaker has done it before. It's fine. Um. Uh. But everybody understands the circumstances. Um. So yeah, I thought it was a really good match. Um. It also helped me, like, this whole WrestleMania helped me appreciate the referees. Like, I never really noticed much before. I don't know if they had to play it up more because there was no sound. But mm-hmm. you could hear the referees better, and, you know, like, you could appreciate, like, what they do. Well, I think we appreciate the refs. It's just that we think of them, we appreciate what they do, but I think we think of them as a little bit lower because of how WWE makes them look half the time. Well, that's all pro wrestling, but okay. Also, okay, fine. How wrestling makes them look, which is stupid at times. Also, um something with a ref. I don't who's the guy NXT ref? The like the, the dark the the, the, the darker haired dude who does all their big matches. The one that was in the Champa Gargano match that got his eye poked out? Yes. I have no idea. Because shout out to that guy because Champa almost killed him by accident. <laughs> and we'll talk about that when we get there. No, I'm not talking about the eye poke. I they don't they don't show it in the YouTube clip, but that guy could have like legitimately perished at one point if it wasn't for Champa thinking very quickly. But at least in my opinion, making it look like he wasn't doing it at all. Um, anyway, on with Mania. Yeah, so so, was, I was, so I really liked this match. I thought it was really good, really good tag team match, and I hope that they continue on to do stuff with it, because that was probably one of the better tag team matches that I've seen in a while. Alright, next on the card is... Elias versus King Corbin. And by the way, yeah. I missed JBL and Michael Cullen commentary so much. Just hearing them and this match was was great, especially JBL didn't want to make my eyes bleed in this one. Especially with JBL doing the King thing, like he did with King Booker, where it's like saying like trying to really put it up and stuff. 
he's really good at putting over the king of the ring. He's also um, from a time when it kind of messed up. It doesn't mean as much now, but it, you know, it was... I think he knows the king of the ring isn't meaning quite a bit. If that makes sense. Whereas it kind of don't now. Well, there was kind of a... You know, a roller coaster of when it mattered and when it didn't. I almost think that it mattered more when people actually played up the king character than when it was nothing. See, if you're gonna win King of the Ring, I agree. Go ahead and play up the king character. I'm kind of, I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, and it was, it was, it was pretty good. Um, there's, there's some things that I like, you know. Like, some of the matches get mixed together with me. So, like, some of the things, like I said, with the referees were really good, but I don't remember which matches were they were. Right. Oh, this um, um, it was this one because they almost did that spot, remember? They were, uh, he was yelling at the, the female res- referee, I don't remember her name. And she, she was yelling back at him, and she's, like, getting in his face and everything. The, the good one from NXT? Yeah. Oh, crap. Is it Jesse something? I think so. Car or something like that? Just That's car? probably it. Um So that was She's really the best good. referee they got. <laughs> um And it was actually interesting. Um weirdly enough though, uh somehow Elias was able to get out of that that uh get out of the to die for spot with uh um with the uh that's only funny because that's only funny if you know the Lion King, by the way. I was telling you that. Um where he uh, uh just had kinetic tape on his shoulder. Oh yes, this was bad. So, so luckily he so only that... fell on his on his right shoulder. Yeah. Okay. So basically if you don't know what time out Elias took a bump where he fell off where in the performance center they got a little stage a balcony and Elias was doing a performance then he got attacked by Baron Corbin this was on a Smackdown Friday right? or was that two Fridays ago? no it was Friday yeah I think it was Friday and that's why I saved I didn't talk about this in Smackdown because it's gonna save this for right now um no, because I remember talking about this last week. Okay, so it was two Fridays ago then. Yeah, you're right. It was two Fridays ago. So, anyway, a couple Fridays ago, uh, Elias is doing a performance. King Corbin comes out on the balcony and attacks him. Elias is doing the action movie hero thing where he's hanging on to the rail. Of the balcony. And like 30 feet in the air, Corbin sends him to the ground and murders Elias. And Elias is laying flat on his back, presumably dead from his fall. Um, couple of weeks later here at WrestleMania, they must have been some incredible medical facilities down there in Orlando. Because Elias is fine. He's got a little shoulder tape, and a fall that should have killed him just nicked his shoulder a little bit. 
don't think it would have killed him, but it. And, and guess would've... how many injuries he showed from be from supposed to from taking a flat back bump onto concrete that should have paralyzed them at minimum. Guess how many injuries he sold. Nah, he's fine. He's not limping. He's not holding I stuff. Think he limped a bit. I didn't see him limp. This match I did watch, by the way. I didn't see him limp. Um, he ain't limping. At least that I saw. He's not limping. He's not clutching at his freaking back. Not doing any of that. He's fine. Probably should be in a and still in a hospital, a body cast, or at least not wrestling. But he's fine. So you know, selling. What is it? Well, we'll find out. We'll relearn what it is when we get to NXT. Um, as if you cannot already tell, there's very there's an NXT match that I very much liked Wednesday. I didn't think Mark this down, was great. Folks, this is the first time he's ever liked anything. I didn't think the the Corbin Elias thing as a match was that great. I th- I actually enjoyed it. Can ugh. so there were there were instances where the no crowd was kind of cool, like with the yelling and the talking and all that stuff. This was not one of those. Um, yeah, Court Baron Corbin can stop making them weird grunting noises anytime now. Well, they pretty the- much everybody did that. He's not really talking, he's just kind of, like, grunting and talking weirdly. I don't know. I, I, I didn't... The, the, um... There were some matches where it was a bit too much. I don't think he talked well. Like, I don't think he used the no crowd. It's like, okay, so, since there's no crowd, guys, go ahead and make your trash talk heard. Like, like that stuff. I don't personally think Corbin did the best job of that. Or Elias, for that matter. I don't like Elias in general. I... The musician thing is stupid. He's terrible. Or maybe he's not terrible and that's just they make him look terrible. I don't even know at this point. All I know is the faster he can get off my TV, the better. So you you actually like this a little yeah, bit I at least. Yeah, that was good. Just, why? Just out of curiosity because we explain most things. I mean, it's hard because, you know, this was kind of... I watched it a while ago. I just, mm-hmm. you know, based on... Maybe it was based on circumstances. I just, like, really enjoyed this WrestleMania, at least night one. I don't know if it was because it was different. It was something else to do. Or that it helped me focus more on, like, the the art more than, you know, the perform... Or I guess the performance is the art. It helps... It, it, it helps me appreciate it more. I think that's what I mean. Okay. And like I See, said, I've been starting to uh, like King Corbin, his character. Uh-huh. And see, for me, it's the opposite, because for me, it kind of took me out of it. It took me, like, out of the WrestleMania feel. Well, it, it didn't feel like WrestleMania, but it but it was still, you know, it, it felt nice. Okay, next up on the card? Yeah, uh, Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh... uh can you I bet your, you can, can you guess keep your that complaints I have a with under this. five minutes this time? Huh? Huh? Can you keep your complaints under five minutes this time? Sure. Um, I will do this very simply. This match was pretty good. 
they were doing the right thing. Becky was getting offense in, but Shayna was very clearly going to go over. Um, they did some mat wrestling with Shayna, who is a great mixed martial artist, is a submission specialist. I never really thought about this, but... Because, you know, Becky was kind of doing the reversals and going for tit for tat with the submissions a little bit with Shayna. I guess I just kind of don't think of Becky as having a submission finisher. Because I kind of found myself going, what the hell? Her finisher hell is, is a submission hold. Why the hell is Becky going tit for tat on the mat? You're like, mat style. Like, with the submission, I'm like, well, hmm. Her finisher is a submission. So I guess just for whatever reason, I just don't, for some odd reason, I don't really think of Becky as a submission specialist, but she kind of is. Um, so that was just a weird little glitch in my head. But anyway, regardless, um, this was going really well. God, there was really nasty hits. Thank God Becky had her arm around. Shayna picked her up like, you know how they do the, the, um, the powerbomb where they'll, like, somebody will be on their back and then, like, in a triangle or whatever, and then the person that has their that is in it, will clinch their fists together and then pull, like, deadlift them up and slam them down. Mm -hmm. Well, they did this on the outside, only it wasn't really that. It was Shayna did this to Becky to, like, ram her head into the announce table. Like, the, the front of the announce table? Is that right? The front of it, I think? Yeah, it would be the front. Like, the, the long way of the announce mm -hmm. table. Just bashed her head against it repeatedly. I'm like, God, that looks nasty. But with the where the camera is, you can see her hand is up. It, her hand is protecting her head. I'm like, phew. Because that looks like a, you know, just the way that it looks, it looks like a concussion in a, in a half. Mm -hmm. Like, it looks like you'd absolutely get your skull cracked doing that. So it looked great. Shane is awesome. Becky's awesome. This was going amazingly well. And then comes the finish. They're doing submission exchanges that looked awesome. And then, out of nowhere, because I really didn't think the finish was coming, out of absolutely nowhere, Becky rolls up Shayna and wins. What the hell? Shayna had the Kirifuda clutch on, and mm -hmm. Becky Lynch did the Kyrie Sane spot that they did at um, Takeover. What Takeover was that? Was that Takeover Brooklyn? Probably. Where she just rolled back. Okay. I, I I said I would keep it short, so I'm actually going to live up to that now. This was really bad booking. Shayna should have won with Karafuda. That's as simple as that. Shayna should have won with her finisher because... And I'm not just saying that's what should have happened. That's what... that's My problem with this is, not only is it what should have happened, it's what they were building to, which confuses me. They spent, they used an Elimination Chamber match, which, you know, 
whatever you think of that match is a like they only do two of those and you know they're not a rare commodity how do I want to put this it is a valuable match that in their context adds something to a title scene or whatever you know the careers will be defined or they'll change forever whatever like they do that thing with it right Mm-hmm. You use an elimination chamber match to grab a baseball bat, throw her in the air, and smash her over as hard as you possibly can with your flashing lights on that says she's going to win at WrestleMania. Like you beat her over as hard as you can. She looked amazing in the chamber match. She looked like this unstop she looked unstoppable. And then you have Becky win? I don't really get this. I would I would have understood if this was the finish to um, Otis and Ziggler. Because if you wanted to keep that feud that feud going and do the end in front of people, I get it. The only thing that I can figure out from this is that the reports that Vince decided he doesn't like Shayna are true, and Vince is once again going to rob us of good things because we can't have anything nice, or they wanted to do her title reign in front of people, they wanted to do her title crown in front of people, which, which makes no sense. She doesn't need that. So I I really liked the match. Hated the finish. Uh, I really liked the match. Uh, it was hard hitting, um, like most of the matches were this weekend. Um, I didn't really mind the uh, finish because it pretty much showed that Becky Lynch kind of like escaped. So like it's like you know people say, oh that hurts Shayna. Nah, I don't think so. I'm like. I don't. Just, I don't think they killed Shayna, but I definitely think that they hurt her here. I don't, because I the way that they were setting her up for Becky to win that match makes her look bad. Makes Shane look bad. I mean, she was. Uh, it was a surprise. Like if you expect, you know, like you know. You know, people always complain about how predictable WWE is, and when they don't do something. Yeah, but this is a good version of predict. Like this was the this wasn't all predictability. This was the right result that they they were like, nope. Uh, yeah, you know how you complain about how we're predictable and stuff. Yeah, well, now on the thing that the fans actually want, we're going to be unpredictable and do what they don't want. And I think they did the same thing with the other women's title match from night two. I think they did the same thing. The wrong person ran over in a wrestling context. And then we found out why the the person who shouldn't have won this match went over. And it made sense. So maybe it will come out later why it was that Becky went over. Yeah, I'm honest. I am surprised that Becky went over just because of, you know, supposedly, you know, her and Seth were going to take some time off. So I was actually surprised, but maybe, I don't know, maybe they just didn't. 
Because what reasons can you think of for Shayna to the especially uh, once again, especially the way that they had been doing this? I will say that for Shayna to have lost, this was the best way for her to lose. As opposed to her just getting straight up beaten, yes. Yeah, I'll agree with that. As opposed to Becky just like straight up beating her up or something. Yeah, I can go with that. Alright, next match. Maybe they maybe they realize that they didn't do anything with the biting thing. So they so they say, Okay, we need to keep this going because we never because we only did the biting thing for one week. Yeah, but the biting thing should like they don't need to do that anyway. I like, was they, that's cheated. good that they're not doing anything with that. Then we had uh, Sami Zayn versus Dana Bryan for the Intercontinental Championship. And I will let you take this because after Becky and Shayna, I was too pissed off and turned it off. You really that angry for that? Yes. I mean, I'm not surprised. That was stupid. I'm not surprised. I'm just because they do so much stupid booking, and Shayna is one of my favorites, and. She's gonna go over Becky, and it's gonna make her look so freaking good. And maybe they're gonna get Becky's fire back. This was it was it wasn't like five stars or anything. Like it wasn't an insane. It wasn't insanely good. This was a really good match. This was a pay per view quality match. They were gonna you know do the finish, and you know they were gonna make Shayna look awesome. And she carries herself like such a badass. So cool. You know, this was going to be awesome. And then they just had to go and ruin it. By by putting over the wrong person. But like I said, maybe with Rhea Ripley, maybe maybe this was the same reason. Spoilers a little bit, but it's it mainly was several days ago. Yeah, maybe, maybe Shayna Baszler was having trouble with her North Dakota visa. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm not saying for that same reason. I'm saying maybe there was a reason because seems like the reason that Rhea lost to Charlotte was because Rhea's work visa expired. So she couldn't be in a freaking country anymore. Even though she's that's a pretty good reason to put she Charlotte can't get over. Back yet. Uh-huh. She's still in America, by the way. Apparently she can't get back or something, or maybe some of this isn't true. Oh, well, yeah, because Australia is having corona trouble, so she's probably getting screened. So they're trying to kick her out of the country, but she can't get kicked out. So, if she has to go back to Australia, there's a really, that is a really, really good reason to have Charlotte be the one that goes over. It's unfortunately out of necessity. So, that's why I said, and this is the last thing I'll say about this. Also, poor planning. I feel like if I was doing something... If I was going to get the title, wouldn't have had this worked out a long time ago? I, I mean, I, understandable, like, well... No, this was before the COVID stuff, right? When she won the title? Yes! Way before! Well, not way before. There was some stuff and it was going on at the time. It just wasn't bad yet. Because that was December, Ooh. right? Oh, yeah. This was before it was a big deal. Like, wouldn't you... It, it, like, if you're the NXT champion, wouldn't you... Or at least WWE as the employer be like... 
Because they would have knowledge that she's on a work visa, wouldn't they? I mean, they would have to. Wouldn't they be like... Wouldn't somebody go to her, or her herself really should be paying attention? But I'm not sure if you have to go back to your country to get to renew your work visa? I don't think so. Because the WWE with a work visa would have to play a part in it. So shouldn't her or somebody at the office been like, um, hey, the NXT champions work visa's coming up. We should probably do something about this while she's our champion. So God forbid something were to happen and she's white hot and we have to get the belt off of her because she gotta go home. Yeah, I don't know how that works. It's interesting. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I feel bad for poor Rhea. Um, so Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan. Uh, it wasn't. I mean, it was. Uh, it start. It was the match was a little slow. Like they spent like the first like three minutes of Sami Zayn running away from Daniel Bryan, and then uh, Zayn went- does a solid job with the cowardly heel. Yeah. Um then uh you know eventually uh Dean O'Brien tried to do a move off the top and uh Sami Zayn caught him with a huluva kick and pinned him. So that was pretty much that. Uh so since the Miz was is sick, um the Is it uh, COVID? Hmm? Is it COVID? I don't think so. Oh, it's okay. Gosh, like I don't like they have nobody's been said. Nobody has tested positive for COVID in the WWE. Oh, okay. Did you see that? Hey, speaking of uh, COVID, do you see they put Jake the Snake Roberts under quarantine? I did see that. I was kind of wondering, like, wait a minute, like, uh, like, well, when Jr. was still there, he's not there anymore. Like, Jr. Shivani or freaking Jake the Snake. I'm like. Uh, well, are those guys a little too this. old? Huh? jr has been gone because of this. Like, he... They yeah, told I know. Him not to come. But, the, like, the first week of Empty, wasn't he still there? Or is that just uh, Tony Schiavone? I don't remember. I, because I was like, oh, aren't those guys... Shouldn't those guys be at home? Because it could kill them? Oh boy, I hope this doesn't end badly. And now Jake Snake's under quarantine. It's not since he's positive or anything. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean he has it. No, 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 I know. But I just hope he doesn't, because that would be terrible. Um. So, instead we had John Morrison versus Jimmy Uso versus Kofi Kingston. Triple threat match, winner gets the tag team titles. Yep. So it's still a tag team title match, and I thought it was really good. One thing is, uh, I was weird. It kind of made me cringe a bit, but you could hear like I don't know what the canvas is made out of, but I started noticing it more after this during this match, like uh-huh. especially when they were dragging the uh, ladders. You could hear like I don't even know how to describe it. The, the like a like this like you could you could hear the crunch of the ladders and the floorboards or something. No, you could hear you could hear the like there's something like I don't know if you had like a like a I don't I don't know how to describe it. But you could hear like it's like there was like a little bit of you could hear the ladders drag on the canvas. Oh. 
and there's like a like a little like uh like a like a a sound that it made that was interesting. Uh-huh. Like like almost like uh you know if you had sand on concrete and you put your foot over it or whatever. Okay. Like that kind of dragging sound and I that was interesting and it kind of made me cringe a bit and you started hearing that some time during matches also you know with the uh, people's feet. It was really a good match. Uh, I love the ending. Um, Which was? So they had. Um, uh, so both. So all of them were getting the uh, the uh, titles. So they were all three up there, uh-huh. and um, uh, they unhooked it. So all three of them had the uh, the belt holder. Yeah, and they were trying to trying to wrestle it away from each other, and then John Morrison sure. ends up falling down. I don't think he went through the ladder, but he fell on top of the ladder, but he had the titles with him. Mm. So they won, and uh, Kofi Kingston and Jimmy Uso are, are like looking at each other like, man, look what you did, type thing. Because they were still holding on to the belt holder. Mm. So I thought that was pretty good. Okay, next up. Um, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Uh, I'm going to be honest, it was about this time where I was starting to, you know, get bored. <laughs> just, just you know, because, you know, my... Uh, because, oh, Jesus Christ, WrestleMania is nine hours long. <laughs> something like that. It was like my, my uh, what, what do you call it? My, uh, what do you call that? Um, your attention the attention span is starting yes, to wane because span. there's Thank you. The because there's nothing to... to to grab it um plus also since i i haven't been invested much in raw storyline since i haven't been able to watch it mm-hmm. um so they had kevin owens versus seth rollins um um it ended in a disqualification and then for some reason, Kevin was like, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. We're going to be make this a no disqualification match because everybody else is in quarantine, so nobody else can make these decisions. Okay, thank you. I figured you were just going to gloss that by, but, um... Oh, no, 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 kid, but I did see this. Uh, like, I saw this, like, highlighted this or whatever. I know of this happening is what I'm trying to say. No, 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 this ain't gonna happen. Get back here. We're gonna restart this match right now. I- I'm not gonna let you go out this way. Restart the match. We're gonna make an ODQ. Um. And he's like, alright, you brought this on yourself. No, no, uh, no one's there? Hello? Um. Triple H? Vince? Anyone? Are Oh, they're back. Oh. Oh, they they restarted the match and made it no DQ with literally no one there to approve it. There's no figure, there's no authority figure here to say, "Yep." Okay. By the way, as I much agree. as they're trying not to do the GM thing, we kind of need it because there's been a couple of things where they've been making yeah. random matches that there's no rhyme or reason. 
You can do the GM thing without them being heel. Yeah. You can do the GM thing without them being terrible. Evan, what is the prime example of doing the GM thing but not it being garbage? Well, I would say Teddy Long, but I'm pretty sure you're going with William Regal. Yes, I am going. Okay. You were right on Teddy Long. By the way, holla holla, play a player, six man tag. Also, love Stephanie McMahon as SmackDown GM back in the day. But, but that's different. You, you, they're they're already executing it. Is my point with this? Okay, they are already executing the GM thing really, really well with really yeah, with William Regal. They're doing such a great job with it with Regal, so it's not like. It's an entire another company that's doing it. It's in WWE is an awesome example of how to do a general manager type. No, there's plenty of bad examples from WWE, but the good version is in that company. Because Regal is awesome. Mm-hmm. Did you just get a text from the anonymous Raw general manager? <laughs> yes, and I quote... Um, but there's already, I've said that a dozen times, the version is already there, please do it, because it looks kind of, it looks stupid, why'd you just like, start, restart this match, right now, alright, well, Kevin, the ref is just like, okay, well, Kevin Owens signed my paychecks, apparently, so, yep, go ahead, uh, re-ring the bell, and then Owens decided he was going to ring Rollins' bell. And then uh, Rollins did the discount. Oh, I also heard. The discount WrestleMania spot because they couldn't do it. He wanted to do it <laughs> off the pirate ship, but since they couldn't do that, he just did it off the WrestleMania sign. I also heard that from people that are smarter about this than me. Apparently the bell, like when they cracked him over the head with a bell, that wasn't the real sound it was pre-recorded like people could tell that it was just like a regular like a bell sound like out of um like freaking final cut or something like it wasn't they it wasn't an actual bell shot like they did a really really bad job of disguising it as real because it, they they did it like four times, and the sound effect was apparently the same every time, which they I thought was hilarious. Twice, I think. Which I think, as a like as a broadcasting person or editing person, I think that's really funny. <laughs> if that's if that is truly what happened, they just had one generic ring bell clack over the head sound. <laughs> I mean, you hit somebody with a bell, it's, there's only a few sounds can make. Um, anyway, we got Bronson. I know, but I'm saying it made the same one. You're going to hit him differently. We have Braun Strowman versus Goldberg for the... I was stunned by this. Universal Championship. Very quick match. Uh, five yep. spears, four or five spears from Goldberg and... Four or five power slams by Braun Strowman, and Braun Strowman is the new Universal Champion. I think my reaction to this in text to you was, 
Uh. Oh, that's. What oh. That was? I yeah, had, I think that uh, I had no that... context with that text. Like yeah. you were just like you had just finished um, ranting about the Bicky Lynch, Shina Baszler match, and then you're just suddenly going uh. So I didn't know if you were still ranting or. Nope, that was. I didn't watch this. I just like saw the result like when I was sc- scrolling through social media. And I'm like, wait, who won the Universal site? So, you wouldn't do this when he was actually over, but you do it now? Kind of a weird decision. Um, I guess Bill Goldberg really didn't want to do any more matches. Because that's the only thing I could think of was they were like, so Bill, um, here's the thing. You're going to be facing Strowman because Roman Reigns, you know, had cancer and we're afraid of his immune system or he's afraid of his immune system going kaput and him dying of COVID. So we're going to have you face Strowman. Don't worry. You keep the title and we'll just have you. Lose it to Roman like we originally planned at a later date. Alright, cool. Great talk. Oh no, I wasn't planning on coming back after Mania. Uh... Okay? He's like, yeah, I just want... Uh, like, Apparently he's like, I just wanted to take his paycheck and go home. I don't know. Uh, I... <laughs> he's losing this to Roman at the next chance they get, right? Well, who knows when that can be? That can, is this going to be the most pointless pro- time? There's a big chance Roman doesn't come back till January. Is this the most pointless? Is the will this be the longest pointless title reign ever? We'll see. <laughs> because due to Corona stuff, he could have this title for months and do absolutely nothing with it, and. I don't, I mean, they clearly like Roman, but I don't know if they wanted him, or uh, Roman, I'm sorry, Braun. They like Braun at least a little bit. Yeah, Strowman. <laughs> yeah, Strowman, not Roman, Strowman. But, um, they didn't, I don't really think they wanted him to have this title right now. So, but <laughs> what are you going to do? If you're Braun Strowman, are you honored or not? I mean, I would say so. You you would be okay. Cause I just wasn't sure. Cause it's like, like all right, uh, emergency. You know, freaking Goldberg's being dumb. He won't come back. You're gonna get the title. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll just drop it whenever Reigns can come back. I will. Thank <laughs> you. I get like that's that's just the thought that goes through my head on that is like thanks I think it's like is that a good thing all right I guess he's champion so now he has to go into the WWE Hall of Fame um all right but well he was already in the Hall of Fame when he won the Grease Royal Rumble <laughs> shut up we don't speak of that Hey, right. hey, what country is that in? Saudi Arabia. 
Name redacted. <laughs> that is taking place in Jetta. Name redacted. Country. Oh, God. Next match. So, before we get to the Boneyard match, I want to, like, I noticed, I, I've read some of these behind-the-scene things. So, they taped this from March 25th to March 26th. Okay. It was an eight-hour shoot from 9 to 5 a.m. Oh! At 5 a.m. Ew. Um, the uh, trash-talking between the two was all ad-lib. Wait, between who? Between uh, Undertaker and AJ. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, uh, Do you have the answer is why the druids turned on Taker, or no? Nope. Um, uh, Undertaker cut his arm. Was it supposed to cut his arm, but it happened when he broke the, uh, broke the... Broke the uh, the window of the hearse. By the way, I missed the American Badass one-liners. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, dang it. He's <laughs> like, ah. Oh, what a <laughs> uh, surprise. He hurt himself breaking glass. Uh, apparently Ooh. the uh, fake AJ Styles hand, the obviously fake AJ Styles hand that is above the dirt was Undertaker's idea. Oh. Does that look kind of dumb? <laughs> Um, but yeah, this was a really good match. We witnessed the return. Did, of the they, did they say whose idea the reinvent of teleportation was? Huh? The Undertaker's when the Undertaker magically teleported from laying in the ground until to behind a tractor, going. He does that all the time. He sits back up, but I don't remember you him. Don't remember him so, um, disappearing and showing up. They literally did that a couple weeks ago at the contract signing. I know, like, lights go out, have them disappear, and then show up again in a different place, but, like, he could walk there, but not, like, without anything happening, just, like, changing a camera, and magically he goes from in a grave, and two seconds later, he's, you know, standing behind somebody killing them. I mean, that's basically what the, the premise is is when he disappears and appears somewhere else anyway. Alright, anyway, let's keep going. Anyway, I really liked this. Um, it was different. Um, were you able to watch this, or did you not? Nope. I tried to go back, and this is when it was gone. But I really liked it. It was really good. Um, uh, very good. It looked like a fight scene. It was really good. It, it was different. It's not something I want to see all the time. But I definitely... And I think they did right by ending night one on this. With Undertaker uh, uh, driving away into the dawn. Um, yeah, it was really good. I, I missed the biker Undertaker. And I thought the Bonard match was really good. So that was the end of night one. I I actually thought night one was better than night two, which you'll see because we're, there's actually a couple couple things in night two where we can just gloss over. Um. So night two, you know, we started Liv Morgan, Natalia. That was a pretty good match. Uh, Liv Morgan beat Natalia. Um. Yeah. The next you had Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship, and. 
Charlotte won. And we alluded to before that word on the street is that Rhea Ripley's work visa has expired. So they had to get the title off her. Because that's, that's really the only thing that makes sense. I mean, Charlotte can be on NXT anyway to help the ratings. Or just to put over the talent, you know? Yeah, and hopefully she does that when she faces Io. Or um, Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair's on Raw. She's okay, on is she officially on Raw, though? Yep. Okay, they're they're for sure officially doing her as a Raw Superstar. Yep. Okay. Io's number one contender anyway. Well, yeah, I know. But, or down the road, Bianca Belair. Um, kind of surprised she never got the women's title before she came up. Or is that just me? I mean, there's a lot of people that end up not getting... Like, like Becky Lynch never got the title when she was in NXT. Um. Oh, by the way, I finally figured out what the hell her gimmick is. Whose? Part of Bianca's. The EST of NXT... Or the EST of Raw now? I finally figured that out. Well, I know what it, it is, but why don't you enlighten us? It took me so damn long. They explained it on commentary. I was like, she wasn't here at the establishment of NXT? What the f- This doesn't make s- What? Her gimmick makes no sense. And then they said, like, you know, it's supposed to be, like, like, best, fastest, strongest. And I'm like, oh, wow. How didn't I realize that before? Um, so that was a really good match. A little bit, you know, like I said, you know, with no crowd, the, the grunting and stuff. It's kind of a bit much, but, you know, what are you going to do? It was a really good match. Actually, one of the longer matches of the night. <clears throat> um, then we had Aleister Black, Bobby Lashley that one, Aleister Black won after Lana tried to convince <clears throat> tried to convince uh, Lashley to spear Aleister Black <laughs> instead of giving him the Dominator and then they went backstage Bobby Lashley <laughs> Uh, Bobby Lashley said he needed a new wife. Well, that marriage lasted a long time. Or at least a new manager. No, I thought he said new wife. I think he said both. Oh no, maybe it was I need a new manager and a new wife. And then Lonick walked in like, oh hey, what's going on guys? And Lashley was just like, and left. And then the reporter just awkwardly, god, all the reporters are terrible. Um, and then the, the interviewer just kind of looks at Lana awkwardly like, well, you were reporting in that situation. What would you do? Ask a follow-up question to Lana about what Bobby just said. Or ask Lana why she jumped up on the apron and distracted Bobby Lashley and made him lose the match. Not intentionally, of course, but doing what wound up losing him the match, like a, you know, reporter would do. What would you do if you were the reporter? 
I would probably be shocked that he said that also. But I might say it's her toes and I don't know. Um, then we had the Otis Ziggler match where, um, by the way, this was funny. Once again, the awesomeness of JBL and Michael Cole on commentary. JBL brought back the greatest hits with uh, talking about PETA and everything. What? He was saying that somebody should call PETA when, uh, when, uh, when, because he, the, the saying Otis is an animal. Oh, God. Um, and he was talking about the, uh, the, uh, the, he said that footage was doctored. It was fake news. <sighs> that was entertaining. Um, so, uh, Sonia Deville came in and kicked Otis in his, in his tukis. And yeah, And uh, then Mandy Rose came in and uh, slapped her. I'm not sure if it was bad. The slap did not look good. I mean, I couldn't tell. I think it was the editing or something, or maybe the really? angle. I just didn't think it looked good. Or was it Mandy's bad? But it wasn't bad. It just didn't. I think it could have been better. Uh, and then uh, Mandy Rose did her best Shinsuke Nakamura impression on Dolph Ziggler. Meaning she kicked him in the yam bag too. Oh, she did the did the ha. She did the punch. Oh, okay. She punched him in. Oh, and... the the uppercut into the yam bag. Yeah. The oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Because it only it, it, it so you have to sell it. <laughs> That um, looks very terrible. It doesn't look like it hurts. No, it looks like it hurts. This is really bad. <laughs> It's just, uh, but it, the, but when you do that, you don't actually touch the part that you're going for, though. Well, no, she went. She, I think she literally punched him right square. Wait, really? It looks like she punched him square. Oh. And, and you know what? Next time, just have Stone Cold come out and do that. <laughs> um. So, and then after you know what that, I'm about, we, right? we had the Miss Elizabeth Macho Man moment with the. Uh, Otis and Mandy Rose. Hmm. By the wait, way, wait, wait. Sonia and uh, Mandy Rose are still doing their YouTube channel. They're just going to be competing on it. Um. So, wait, wait, did you get my joke with Stone Cold? Yeah. Okay, I'm just making sure. Although, you know what? If somebody wants to come out on every Monday Night Raw and kick Byron Saxon right in the yam bags, that'd be fine. I wouldn't mind. Right in the sacks? <laughs> right! Yeah, right in the sacks. That, that would be just fine. Get him off commentary, please. See, I don't like Michael Cole anymore. Like, I really don't. And then I hear Tom Phillips, and I'm like, Ugh. uh, Michael Cole sounds good again. Yay! Bad. Very bad. Like, it's weird, because you have Mala Ranallo, who's absolutely freaking amazing. Then you have Michael Cole, who's watered down, but fine. 
And then you have bad. Like, very bad. So, anyway, keep going. Alright, so now we have Edge versus Randy Orton in a Last Man Standing match, in a match that went way too long. Yeah, I saw this timed out when I looked at a recap thing. Apparently, this went 36 minutes. 36 minutes, 35 seconds. Was this the slowest? I, I Again, I didn't see this. Was this the slowest brawl in human history? Oh, I thought so. So the match starts with uh, Randy Orton coming out of nowhere, giving him the RKO. Okay. Um, he was just as a cameraman. Then, you know, he has to stand up for the match to start. The match starts and he gives him an RKO right away. The first spot <laughs> is a nine count. Then he stands up. Wait. Oh. Wait, so Randy RKO's Edge and then Edge goes to the count of nine? Yeah, when the match starts, Edge goes to the count of nine. How how far are we into this match? This was the very beginning. So this match should last about 30 more seconds. If Edge is already in such bad shape that he's at a 9 count. Yeah, I mean it was a 9 or 8 second count, I don't remember. But still, it's, it was long. Right, but but I'm just saying... That, like, like, we we're... started out with nine with 7, 8, 9 second counts. We didn't go to the 1 and then they stand up. Type thing. We yeah, because right like, like if you're in a nine count, you're at you're at just about at the end of your rope, but you can just barely make it back up. So when I like is just as somebody who didn't watch this, if you're telling me they started on a nine count, I'm saying this match ain't gonna last very long because if he's already to that level of damage to him that he's at a nine count. He ain't gonna do very well. Go on. See, I was different. I, as soon as I saw the nine count, I'd be like, it's gonna be a long match. Because this last person, you know it wasn't gonna be that short. Um, well, yes, of course. The last man standing should be that start, but you shouldn't start with nine counts. I agree. You're gonna have to go long. And he was the slowest counter on the face of the planet, also. So they were battling all around the performance center. By the way, I wanna. Watching that match, it makes me want to visit the performance center. Looks interesting. <laughs> For some reason, there's like a fence above. Was it a performance center tour? Yeah. Um, they had a fence above one of the desks. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but he didn't move off. Wait, what do you mean a fence? You had to watch. Like, it was like decoration. So they had like you know the big desk, you know, where they would probably have all the meetings. And, you know, oh, like had... the, the office table or whatever? Yeah, okay. and then they had, like, the, the light fixture or whatever. And I think below the light fixture was a, was a literal cage, like a steel cage. Why? Like, like, I, I don't know. Um, what do you use that? And by the way, I love how everything was steel, apparently. Like, he got thrown into the wall. It's like, oh, we're right through the steel wall. I'm like, what? Is that a thing? Wait, they actually said that on commentary? Yeah. What? I mean, it could be. It was It was in the, uh... It was in the weight room, so it could have been. I no, guess. it wasn't steel! And then he... They, he got hit on... He, he got slammed into the steel desk. Okay, um, 
Hey, did you did you see what if what I saw written in a, in a match recap was true? The worst spot in the history of WWE. Uh, I've heard some things. I'm not sure if I would call it the worst spot, but if we're thinking the same thing. Yeah, I think we are. So they okay. Go ahead. They did a spot where they were doing the uh, they were at they were at they were in the the workout area, and one of the machines. They uh, he put Edge's neck through. Now here's the thing. Um, you know they said, and rightfully so, it looked like or that they were invoking Chris Benoit with with that tragedy and the hanging of himself in the workout thing. Thing is, I didn't like. I was a little nervous about that. I'm like, oh wait a minute, what are they doing? They wouldn't do that. Um, but it, it they didn't. He didn't choke him. Like the spot, he wasn't being choked. It was basically like put it he he like trapped him so he could get beat up more. So it wasn't really a choking spot, so that was good. Oh, okay. Because the, the thing that I saw inside of Fox or CBS no CBS I think. Cause the CBS recap that I saw said they wrapped the cable from a lat pull-down machine around Edge's neck and made fun of the Chris of Chris Benoit hanging himself. And I'm like, ah! Oh my god! What? Yeah, it wasn't as bad. And I'm like, we gotta talk about this on the pod because there, there's gotta be no way that that's true. They made an homage to Benoit hanging himself and that documentary... No, that can't be. There's, there, there's no way in hell... Like, they don't want real heat as a company that bad, right? Like, like, like they don't they don't want people to sell their stock and get thrown off television, do they? Like, what the hell is Vince doing? But okay, okay, I'm 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 glad it's not as bad. That is that's at least how I took it. I didn't see it that way, but because like. I don't know how to describe it, like, uh... Because I feel like if they did that in... Too many people got pissed off and got a clue they might get snapped off television by the FCC. Well, that will ha- it was a pay-per-view event. They went to the FCC has no barring on that. No, no, no. Yes, but still, if you... Like, they could say, well, you did that there, so we can't punish you for that, but we can prevent you from doing it here. Does FCC have license on the network, though? I highly doubt it. Technically, it's a method of communication. It it would fall under their umbrella, because the internet does. Does it? Yes. Have you seen all the horrible stuff that's that's on the internet? Well, there's plenty of terrible stuff on the internet. They don't monitor it like they do television. Because the internet, you actually have to search it. But they could, perhaps. Anyway. The FCC has bearing on the internet. Yes, they do, because... Oh, oh, frick, what's it called? Um, Not fair play. Oh, son of a... When the, the idiot dude that's running this did this, it was a huge deal a couple a uh, year ago. Fair use? No, not fair use. Basically, a net neutrality. 
basically the thing that could possibly lead to the internet becoming like TV, where you have to pay. So like you, instead of paying for download speed and playing for a hookup, you will have to pay like, you're going to have to pay $30 if you want to use Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you're going to have to pay 60 if you want to use Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, ESPN, and YouTube. Like, they would turn the internet into a TV, like, subscription service thing. Net neutrality. So, they clearly have some reign over it. Or want to have it. Well, yeah. Government always wants more power. Anyway, this was a long match. Um... And like you know, they 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 were spots you know where they were just laying down like, and they were selling for like. One of my favorite parts of the match though was towards the end, where uh, uh, Randy Orton gave him an RKO on top of the production truck, and the referee was about to count, and he's like, "Nah, nah, 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 nah," and the referee goes, "Randy, what do you mean? No, 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 no." <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> it was like, it was like, yeah. He said, no, 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 no. And then the referee said, what? What do you mean, no, 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 no? <laughs> um, and Edge ended up winning after the concerto. Yep, and then Edge wound up crying over his dead friend's body. He cried before he did, a, did the concerto. He did? But he cried after. Nope. What he, like, kind of didn't want to do the concerto? But I didn't think he cried until after. Like, hits him with a chair, concertos him, fractures his skull, ruptures his eardrums, ten count. <laughs> um... Then had the uh, Street Profits versus Angel Garza and Austin Theory. By the way, who's Austin Theory? Like I legit Austin Theory is the Evolve champion, or oh. was when they bought Evolve. Did they buy it, or are they well, just pa- partnered, or whatever they did? <sighs> Sorry about the uh, broadcasting yawns. Um. So remember how like they they all of a sudden aired like a evolve anniversary show and like an evolve pay per view and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. When they when they first did that, he was their champion. Right. Um, I, they either bought evolve or have a talent partnership I, with. I them. think they have a partnership. Um, this theory guy is supposed to be great, by the way. Yeah. So. Um... They had the match, uh, Street Profits won, and then Zelina Vega attacked Montez, and then Bianca came out and attacked Zelina. That's pretty much it. So, um, And then we had the SmackDown Women's Championship match, and it's getting late. Just tell us who you wanted to win, who you thought should have won, and don't give any any more than that because we can't go. We can only handle so many of your rants for for one day. What do you mean? You Not mean, you with said, the rants thing, though. I mean, um, you said you thought some the wrong person won. 
No, 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 no. Not on the SmackDown one. The... I thought the wrong person won on the Raw Women's title in the NXT. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I apologize, then. Um, Bailey... <clears throat> Bailey won the Fatal 5-Way Elimination match by finally... Um, it was really good. They did the, the spot where everybody attacked Tamina, and everybody did their finisher on her. And then... Uh, Naomi was eliminated. They also had a Team Bad reunion. That was kind of cool. Um, and Sasha Banks was eliminated. And then Lacey Evans looked like she was about to win, but then Sasha Banks distracted her. And... I would prefer not to remember that. The, like, the Team Bad, the Team This, the Team that I would... Yeah. The less flashbacks to that era, the better. Um... Yeah, that era where they thought, "Hey, they want we want fans want more women, so let's have every match be a six man tag team match. <laughs> let's make them all in three person stables." Yeah, and oh, but we had to change uh, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and uh, Paige's name because that we we figured out what that really is. Remember, they called the submission sorority, and then they had to change the name to PCB. Yep. Um, so Bailey won, and, you know, seeds may have been planted for the Sasha Banks thing. Um, I'm, this match actually made me, like, uh, I'm not sure when it's going to happen, but I am really looking forward to, uh, when Lacey Evans becomes champion, eventually. You sure she is? I'm sure she will. I'm sure she will eventually. I mean, she is literally American. <laughs> she is literally America. <laughs> WWE likes that. That's true. Um, then we had... I wouldn't even call this a match. We had a segment with The Fiend and John Cena. <laughs> I would not call this a match. I didn't see this at all. What was it? So, basically... I mean, it was entertaining. So, John Cena came out to the ring... And then uh, he he said he said um, well he was coming to the ring is like and he said this is WrestleMania and and then and then the, the, the people went on the acid trip or something and was showing like different clips of WrestleMania and it was weird um, and then uh, uh, Bray Wyatt was uh, at the Firefly Funhouse he's like hey come on come in come inside and then he went to the door and then it said abandon all hope all ye who entered it the Dante's Inferno type thing um and then he went in and he opened the door and he ran into Puppet McMahon oh no um and uh then uh they went through his entire career, basically. Like, he came out as what? the prototype or whatever. And he kept saying, like... I actually appreciated this a little bit more because I saw the John Cena Ruthless Aggression uh, documentary the other day. Um, what, were they trying to sell the doc or something? No, th maybe, but this was just going through his life or whatever. So, yeah... Uh, Bray Wyatt was talking, and he was saying the exact same things that Kurt Angle was saying. It kept going back and forth between Bray Wyatt and Kurt Angle. 
Um, and uh, John Cena kept saying ruthless aggression, and yeah, you know, the I, we could talk for hours about this because like it was really deep um, of all the different things. So he did that. Then they went. This to, does sound like an acid trip. Um. Then they went to. Uh, I think they went to the uh, to the rapper Cena then. Thugonomics, yep. Yeah. Um, then they went to. Uh, uh, I, like I'm getting things mixed up, but they pretty much. Then they went to the. Uh, um. Like I'm getting things mixed up, but they went to. They eventually went to where Bray Wyatt was old Bray Wyatt again. Yeah. Okay. And uh, showing. Uh, you. I mean, it's hard to explain. You're gonna have to watch it. It's just weird. Um, John Cena was beating up on Bray Wyatt, and then Bray Wyatt turned into Huskus the pig. What? So he was beating up the puppet. Um. So was the finish of this that came back to reality, and Wyatt had slipped a roofie and seen his drink, or? Slipped no, Molly it, in his drink, or it, it never went to reality. So then they oh. also had a spot where John Cena was the NWO, signifying that he was going to turn heel or something. Like if, what? Wait, if, wait, where Cena was in the who? The NWO. So wait, let me get this right. They in part of this whole like Cena's changing outfits and stuff. They. Put him in NWO outfit. Yeah, they basically. Yeah, this is officially the weirdest thing I've ever heard. So basically, if John Cena was Hulk Hogan at that time, Hulk, John Cena would have been the person that turned heel and did all the Hulk Hogan stuff. And they had like a uh, Bray Wyatt saying doing the uh, what Eric Bischoff did at the time. I don't know. Um, then uh. A bunch of stuff happens, and then, like I alluded to earlier, about um, them doing what John Cena said and putting it back to, like you say, I'm going to destroy this overrated, overhyped person, and uh, he ends up giving him the sister Abigail. The f- um, I'm, I should say this was Aubrey White, and then the fiend came out and gave him the sister Abigail and the mandible claw, and then. Uh, uh, Bray Wyatt counted the one, two, three, and John Cena then disappeared. And then the look that Titus O'Neil gave um, after the match said it all. Okay, Where, I have a and, question. What? Okay, um, are bath salts legal in Florida? I doubt it. Because I, I don't know if weed could do that much. <laughs> This sounds like somebody was extremely high when they wrote this. Like, this is one of the... uh, Maybe I have to buy the network and see this now, because this sounds just about like the weirdest thing I've ever heard. You have to watch it because I can't explain it. And it's really deep, so like, it's like, really deep cut. Like, some of the, like, the, the lore is real deep. How long is this? Uh, 13 minutes. 30 minutes? 13. Oh, 
She, I was just, I'm not suge- I'm not subjecting myself to 30 minutes of that. But okay, that's a little bit better. All right, was, so that's funny. it for Rick me, Flair, right? Rick Flair was talking about was saying that he was watching it with his wife, and uh, um, she, she kept she she was asking, "When is the match going to start?" <laughs> and he said, "This is the match." <laughs> Yeah, let's say it was different. It was entertaining, but I don't call it a match. Was, was there wrestling involved? Not, not really. Did they fight at all? Not really. So it was a horror movie. Not really. <laughs> it was a documentary. Kinda. It was more of a it, "This is your life" type thing. Was it a unclassified piece of entertainment? <laughs> I think you could classify it somewhere. But where? I, th- I think they call those fever dreams or something. <laughs> uh, Weirdly enough, the the testing for COVID nineteen went up that day. <laughs> He's like, uh, I think I, I think I, I think I got. It. Anyway, then we had Drew McIntyre beating Brock Lesnar. Oh yes, that's right. One more Mania match. Brock doesn't have a title anymore. Somebody who's actually there does. Uh, really good. He uh, ended up kicking out of the first F5 at 1. So that was really good. But, okay, I'm so confused by something. We're just going to go ahead and skip to the end because we're already like an hour into this thing, if not more. Um, Actually, probably like two hours into this thing. Yeah, I hope I don't have to split it to two parts again like I did last time. Well, we're probably going to have to make it two parts because I still want to talk about NXT at least. Alright. Um, so, like, you could just make one part WrestleMania and then we can do Random and Rumor and NXT. Alright. So, okay. Who? Okay, uh, two questions. Did Drew McIntyre have a match at WrestleMania after Rock Lesnar? Yes. Who was it? Big Show. So then did McIntyre face Big Show on Raw? No, that was pretty much them showing what happened on at WrestleMania. It was a Oh, okay, match. okay, okay. Thank you. Because I got really confused because I saw McIntyre and Big Show on Raw. And then it was like, oh, you gotta see what happened. And then I thought they were just doing a Big Show and McIntyre match on Raw. So I was like, what happened after Mania? And then I saw a thing that said, um, McIntyre faced Big Show after Mania. And I'm like, wait, what? What? Wait, wait, what happened? So I, I'm, okay. Thank you for clearing that up. I just got really, really confused with that. Probably my fault. I just got super confused. Um, I saw that Drew McIntyre jumped up after he won. He jumped up on the turnbuckle and did the, yeah, I'm the champion. Playing to a crowd that wasn't there. So WrestleMania started and ended with the same stupid thing. Well, every, every single person that came into a match did the exact same thing they normally did was play to the crowd. They just Dumb. played to the hard cam. Okay. 
So what did you think of Mania? Uh, I thought Night 1 was solid. I really enjoyed Night 1. Night 2, not so much. Okay. Uh, for me, it's a DNF because I did not finish it. <laughs> Truly a DNF. Um, I'm okay with quite a lot of the results. I'm really surprised by the Strowman one. I've mentioned this earlier, but not putting over Rhea Ripley gets an excuse because there was a reason behind it. Even though it... I don't know, with minimal facts, it seems like that situation should have been solved a long time ago, but whatever. Shayna should have gone over Becky. That was really dumb. Uh, yeah. That's my thoughts on Mania. So now, after WrestleMania, we'll talk about Raw and NXT. Evan, did you get your eyeballs on Raw? I did not. I was working. Oh, that's right. Okay. Well, I did. At least on a, a hunk of it. Let me go to the YouTube just so I can get a kind of an order of what happened and refresh my memory slightly. Because I need this every once in a while. Um, I can tell you right off the bat, I came into Raw on a tag match between Garza and Theory and um, the Street Profits. Well... God, how do I even want to classify this? It was a rematch, wasn't it? So it's insanely clear that they needed to fill some time in Raw. Well, it was a rematch. Like, they... No, 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 hang on. You didn't see it, so I knew I need to explain this. This may not be in the right order. Alright, I believe how this went down. Uh... Nope, yep, this is because this is how they put it here in, in the YouTube low recap thing. Okay. So. This is how this went. The Street Profits had a rematch against Angel Garza and Austin Theory. Then Vega got involved, Belair came down, and there was a match between Bianca Belair and Zelina Vega. Then they did something screwy, maybe, I think, a DQ at the end of Belair's Vega. Like, so, they did a tag match, then a, a men's tag match, then a women's singles match, with both had DQNs, and then they had a six-man tag. And this is all separated by, like, four breaks. Like, they literally took an hour for these six people. And they all worked two matches. They were on the outside for all three, but uh, except for Bianca. But, like, they worked two matches. Everybody. All six of these people. Like, they did an hour for Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford, Bianca Belair, Angel Garza, Austin Theory, and Selena Vega. That was an entire hour of Raw. Then they wound up with Alistair Black and Apollo Crews also trying to fill some time. Crews gets in some offense. If this, I, I'm not entirely sure if this is supposed to be a, a squash or not, but if it was, they didn't have a squash. Apollo got some offenses, looked reasonably nice before Black obviously beat him. Alistair, go, I think Alistair goes for the Black Mask too much. I like Alistair Black, okay? 
I think he goes for the Black Mask too much because he winds up missing it a lot. So when he does fit it, he does hit, hit it. He does get the finish. He does get the win. But and this is a general thing. But I don't know why. But I feel like I notice it more with Alistair. I think they need to maybe tone down um, either finisher countering or just simply have people not miss their finishers as much. What do, what do you think of that that base idea? First I mean, of all. It depends. I mean, that's, that type of move is forgivable to try to go for and miss. The way that he goes for it, I think I finally decided I don't like where he, like, has them pick themselves up on his boot. Because I feel to some degree a move like the Black Mass should kind of... You can motion for him to get up. But I'm not the biggest fan of them... How do I put this? I'm not the biggest fan of the person that is going to be hit with this move. Like... Picking themselves up with the foot they're about to be kicked with. I like it. Because if that's happening, then wouldn't you figure out that the black mass is about to happen and just not get up? Do you see what I mean? I mean, you can make that argument for a lot of moves, but if he's forcing you to get up with his foot and you're... And you're weary, then it doesn't matter. Okay, so you look at it a little bit different, because I wonder if that I, th- I wonder if that's what they're maybe going for—that he's like picking them up with his foot. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't think Apollo. It, maybe it's on Apollo here for not making it look like that, because I don't think it looked like that. I think it just looked like Apollo was standing back up. And Alistair was just picking up his foot for some dumb reason. I don't know. I've never really noticed this before. I, I've noticed it before, but I didn't think it looked as bad before. Just for whatever reason, this this really kind of like took away from it and looked kind of silly um, in this context. But Alistair won this. Um, I didn't say the winner for the Street Profits and Bianca and Garza and all them, because I don't think it's that important. They showcase them from an, for an hour. It's not, you know, entirely important who won. I'm not even sure there was a winner, to be honest. There were so many DQs and so much convoluted stuff going on in that thing. Denzel DiGiorte faced Seth Rollins. No idea who this is. Is, is, he, is he somebody or is he just a jobber or an enhancement? Well, I mean... They said he was from NXT. And if you go to the YouTube, because I I looked at this again because I couldn't... Um, earlier, because I couldn't remember whether this guy was a jabber or not. The first comment on the YouTube is, is this guy the third member of the Street Profits? Because he's wearing the outfit like the Street Profits do. It says DeJournet. Across his chest, but like he's wearing the exact same outfit, and he kind of looks like one of the Street Profits. So you're saying it's not delivery? It's DeJournette, yes. Um, 
But uh, Rollins beat the beat the crap out of this guy. Uh, NXT's I, I I I'm sorry I've I've never heard of this guy. I've never seen he's this not, guy I, before. I bet he's still in the in the performance center. I bet he's, he's yeah. I was gonna say this this has to be a PC guy because I have no I've never seen this man before. Um, Diana Parasso got murdered by Nia Jax. Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. I got really pissed when I found out that this was a tag team. Because both of these guys should be in good places in the mid-card and not a tag team together. Um, they but had a match. them against the Street Profits is going to be great. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, then they had a match. Or, not then. They did have a match against Oni Lurkin and Danny Birch, who... I really like because the first takeover I ever saw when I got the network when I was in college, um, the first NXT thing that I saw was Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch against um, Fish and O'Reilly, I believe. Was that Strong and O'Reilly? No, it was Strong because Bobby was hurt. Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly, and that was one of the best tag matches I've ever seen. That was awesome. So I like I so I really like all the participants involved. I'm just kind of bummed that they don't have anything better for Cedric and Ricochet that they have to be a tag team. That kind of sucks. Although if they can pair them all together and like give them a name and if they go full tag team with them, they do kind of need some fresh tag teams. Um so if they want if they truly went for it then maybe it could wind up being okay. But they're just kind of Cedric Alexander and Ricochet going together, just like they kind of did the here's Ricochet and Alistair Black together because we want to bring them up, but we're not sure what to do. So did the, they did, they're doing this deal again. Um, then I didn't see Humberto Carrillo and Brendan Vick. It was off at this point because there wasn't much time left. Um, and I was kind of waiting for the McIntyre thing to happen, so I kind of surfed around, and then I got very, and as I said before, I was very confused at whether or not um, this McIntyre and Big Show thing happened in Mania or at Raw. Maybe I'm just dumb. I apologize. Um, and that whole Montez Ford, Bianca Belair thing, this is the first time I ever figured out that they're married. I didn't know that. And you didn't know that? Ford was, no, I didn't. And Ford was, like, nervous to say that Be- Belair was his wife. Oh, like probably. I don't. He that, was it a only little, it's bad for people. Yeah, I was gonna say like he was like very scared to say it, and she just looked at him like, "Go ahead." Like I like I was like, but I get why he was worried about it because usually when they do that, it doesn't end up well. Um. So yeah, that was that's kind of all I have on Raw. Uh, you didn't watch it, right? Right. Okay. All right. Are we clear to move to NXT then? Yep. Oh, this is the fun part. Okay. First of all, um, I was kind of upset. You? Yeah. I was kind of upset. I didn't know they were doing the, the women's number one contenders ladders match or replaying it or whatever. They did it. They weren't replaying was- it. I was like, shoot, because I got to NXT slightly late, 
And they were already damn near done with it. And EO won. I was like, crap. Oh, I wanted to see this. So, EO won. I don't know if the ladder match was great or not. Because, unfortunately, I missed it. Finn Balor cut a promo on Volter. That will be good. Balor and Volter will be good. Finn, ba Finn Balor heel promo. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, the new tag team that they have that with looks the like, are they some are they some Owen? I don't know. I think they're supposed to be with the really punchable manager. Uh -huh. Um. Uh, there's a word for that. I forget what it was. I learned it the other day. Like there, somebody they made an actual word for punchable face. Um. But anyway, the the. I I I don't know which what their name is. I just did two giant Samoan dudes. I indisure, I think. Um Malcolm Bivens is the guy's name. And they took on some jobbers and piss kicked them unsurprisingly. And then uh Adam Cole could a promo on Velveteen Dream. They reshowed Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. This I don't know what I did. I went I, I went and did something. Like went away from NXT. Did some I maybe I'm oh I know what it was. My girlfriend called. Because I turned off NXT and then I came back at um eight o'clock because I was waiting for you know, I was just like waiting for the Gargano Champa match to show up because I did not want to miss that. Um so I got off the phone with her after they were already done with Charlotte and they were right about to go to Gargano Champa. And I made notes for this. That's how you know that I watched this seriously, Evan, because I actually wrote down notes for this. Okay. So in case you don't know the story of this they announced this two weeks ago. Triple H was going to find an empty building. Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa were going to settle their stuff. If there's any more between those two after this, whoever starts it's getting fired. This is supposed to be... It won't be, because that's how WWE is. But they are selling this. Is This is the final penultimate blow-off there will be nothing more, at least in NXT, between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa ever again after this. This is the final send-off. They start out with the entrances, obviously. Uh, Gargano. So they show Triple H in the ring waiting for them. Gargano comes in. Like, Candice, he's driving. He gets out. Candace looks really pissed at him. And she's like, do you want to do this? You don't have to do this. He's like, no, I want to do this. She hands him a paper bag with something inside. Now, Evan, do you think that this paper bag will be involved in the finish? Probably. Okay. Um, it was a bit giveaway-y, but I did think it was good that they looped it around. So, and I did forget about this for quite a while until the finish. Um, 
And I do want to say, by the way, this was an hour. This was literally 60 minutes. They started this at the top of the hour, and it didn't finish until the end of the show. Um, this was fantastic. Cha uh, Champa came in in a hoodie. Triple H, like, they both got on the edge of the ring. Triple H whipped the steel chair in the ring. Said, all right, what he says goes in that, that ref that I mentioned earlier came in. Um, what he says goes. All right, do, go do this. So they started. Um, so just first of all, right away, they both like stared at the chair and both went for it. And then they kicked this thing off. Um, there was some, some really good fighting in the beginning. They then went to the outside, and I actually haven't really seen this before. There was a spot, I didn't write down who did this, I didn't get really good at the notes until later on, um, I, but I do believe that this is uh, uh, Champa giving this to Gargano. There is a spot where after some hits to the leg. So they, they worked around the ring post a little bit. You know, the, the old thing where you, like, take a guy's leg and you bang it into the post. Gargana was working over the previously torn ACL a lot. Um, Gargana was beating Champa's leg into the post. This is, like, five minutes in now. Um, he's beating his leg into the post. Champa's hurting so badly, he just... Falls to the outside. Uh, Gargano goes for something. He doesn't get it. So Champa recovers. Does a vertical suplex. Smashes Gargano into the ring post. Like in a vertical suplex position. Just drops him. That looked nasty. Um, they get back into the ring a little bit later. Gargano. And verbally does this too by the way. Hits all of Champa's injuries. I think... I don't, I don't remember with Feather. I think it was with the chair. Yes, it was with the chair. He hits him on the knee. He hits him in the wrist. Then he hits him on the back of the neck. Like, this was really, really good. Like, the them knowing each other, the psychology... Like, this was awesome. This wasn't a match like their other ones, which was pretty quick with the spots. This was like... In the beginning, they could take punches, but I wrote down they are selling like gods. Like, when Champa got hit with that chair in the back, like, he gets hit with chair in the knee, he's favoring his knee for the next, like, 15 minutes, he's grabbing at his neck, like, oh, like, they're selling this so insane. Like, the actual shots matter. Like, they're not no-selling this. They're not taking chair shots and standing up doing moves too much. Like, no, no, no. These actually mean something. Um, Champa has... Or, sorry, Gargano has control of this for quite a while. Then he... Tommaso gets dumped to the outside. Gargano goes to do a suicide dive through the middle rope. Champa grabs a tat trash can lid and knocks Gargano out of midair. He whacks him right in the face with a thing, and Gargano just crumples like a piece of paper to the ground. That looked terrible. 
not like it looked amazing, but oh god, that looked like it freaking hurt. Um, some some of the stuff in this match was just absolutely insane. Um, so this is and this is like like five seven minutes after the chair shot to the knee. By the way, so he's still favoring it. Champa, like uh, uh, Gargano was like laying against something. Uh, he's just like laying down. Champa says, "Hey, my ACL's just fine." And you know, Gargano being in a seated position, Champa throws the trash can lin at Gargano. Gargano ch- uh, catches it, and basically, like the claymore kick is with the foot, but if it wasn't a claymore, hits with the knee. It's a just a nasty running knee strike with Gargano holding the lid, and Gargano stunned after this. And Champa gets back to control. This is absolutely awesome. So, like, two moves later, like, a couple of hits with a trash can lid. And Gargano is just in pieces. We're already 20 minutes in this, or 15 minutes in. I think we've gone through a break. Like, this is just great. They're beating a piss out of each other. But they're not doing spot after spot after spot after spot. This is slow. This is slowed down. This is brutal. This is amazing. Which of their three matches was it that Champa tore up the ring, DDT'd him onto the hardwood, and won the match? Mm. Is that New Orleans? Mm. Maybe it was the non. I think it was the first one they did. It was the first or the second one. It was the unsanctioned, right? So then mm-hmm. that has to be New Orleans. Oh, no, no, wait, no. Which was first, Philly or New Orleans? Philadelphia. Okay, then it was two, because Philly was the unsanctioned match, and that was the same night that they did the uh, North American title ladder match, I think. Anyway, regardless. Oh, well, then that did was it... New Orleans. That was New Orleans? That they did the first North American championship? Right, yeah. That was New Okay, so then Gargano Champa 1 was in New Orleans. Okay, anyway, wherever it is, there was a callback to the finish of one of their previous matches, which is... What is that? Has that been two years now? Maybe. But anyway, great callback. Champa looks like he's going to try and end this the same way he ended the first one. Um... I wrote in all caps, a punch means something. They do some more brawling around to the outside of the ring. And this is like, the building that this is in is basically, it kind of looks like a high school gym. There's a ring in the center. There's some stands. And there's some like equipment around. There's bottled water um, just placed about. At one point, Gargano takes out a fire extinguisher, sprays Champa in the eyes. And then instead of just getting stunned and hit by a move, Gargano hits Champa after the fire extinguisher spray. Champa gets Gargano off of him and then and then feels around on a table, grabs a bottle of water and washes out his eyes. This was enough. There were so many swinging points of control. Like I said, this wasn't move after move. This was one guy has dominant control. And that does something slightly wrong or hesitates and loses control back. Like, this was so good. The one part that makes this not, like, one of the best things wrestling I've ever seen 
they go they they come back from break they have left the building and champa is standing on a semi truck he hasn't like he's not trying to push johnny gargano off he hasn't thrown him on the top of the cab he just climbs the cab climbs up there and i'm like okay this was going so well and now um, I'm getting really afraid that they're going to jump the shark here. Gargano and the referee are just looking at each other like, like Tommaso, like, what the hell? Like, I think the ref even says, get down from there. What the hell are you doing? I think, I think, I think he said, I heard from somebody else. I said, like, you guys are friends or something like that. No, this is later on. I'll get to that. Gargano climbs up on top of the truck and the referee is just like, uh, okay, and he, like, clambers up there as fast as he can. The, they, they almost killed the ref because they have, like, a drone shot of this. I, I say a drone shot because I think the only way you're getting a top-down of this is a drone, unless they have a camera on a cable, but I don't know what it'd be connected to unless it's a tree. Um, the one thing that did take away from, uh, I'm going to say two things before I forget them. Number one, this was okay with no people because they it allowed this to be much slower because I feel like a crowd would have been deflated in a match this slow, but the selling was so good. This was amazing. Um, the finish I wish would have happened in front of people because I think the roof would have caved in, but the actual match itself before the finish was they did this amazingly well with no people the trash talk was incredible like them interacting like this was just if you want an exam in my opinion if you want the example of what to do with a no crowd match watch this this is the a plus plus version um oh god what else was i gonna say i'll i'll think of it later probably um anyway they're battling on top of the truck Gargano rears back for a punch. It, it, by the way, this is just like this is the um the semi like if you watch WrestleMania, the Randy Orton and Edge when they were the finish of that match was on top of the uh performance truck. This was the same one, I believe. Might have been the NXT trailer, but it's the same size, so this is a pretty narrow work up top there. Um the referee, for some reason, stood right by the edge, like back onto the cab or just off of the top of the trailer. He didn't ever move himself into the middle to try and get himself some error room. There's one point where there, uh, both wrestlers are on their knees, the official's right there. Champa draws back to punch Gargano, and he, like, elbows the ref. It looked like an accident. Because the ref stumbles and Gargano whips around and grabs him. Tommaso makes it look like he like he's pulling himself up. He says something to the ref, and I don't remember whether you can hear it or not, but you can hear Tommaso say something to the ref. Like he says, What the hell or something. Like Tommaso does a great job of making it look like he didn't just save this guy from death. Um, cause I don't, I don't think that was planned because it was just a punch and there was just not enough room for Tommaso to draw back. He just accidentally bumped into the ref who was in a precarious position. So if it was what it looked like, shout out to Tommaso Ciampa for having his head on a swivel and not getting someone killed. 
And like I like if you see this match, like seriously, it it looks like this ref could potentially be in some trouble and Tom like real life trouble and Tommaso does a really good job of covering up making sure he doesn't fall. Um Johnny Gargano does like six super kicks on top of this truck. This is the one other thing that takes away from this because the super kick is just beaten to death so hard it's overused. Um, this truck portion makes no sense. It shouldn't have been done, and here's why. This is a half hour into this. I was starting to think that this was going to be the finish on top of this truck. They brawl in this truck. Gar uh, Champa like, holds Gargano's head over the ledge. Gargano like punches Champa. They both roll back onto the truck. They go to break. So, break, I believe this is break number three in this match. There's a break every about ten minutes. Break number three in this match is Gargano, Champa, and the official on top of the truck, on top of the semi. They're at a stopping point where both guys are panting. They're laying down. Then when they come back from the break, Champa and the official walk back into the building. And Champa jump off the stands, or sorry, Gargano jumps off the stands to ambush Tommaso. So the truck part seemed really stupid because they didn't really do anything incredible up there. All they did was just stuff that could have been done in the ring. It seems like unnecessary danger. That was just my thoughts on it. I thought it took away from this. I thought it was dumb. This would have been like damn near perfect as you're gonna get in my wrestling world for for a blow-off match like this of an insane feud that they've done such an incredible job with if it wasn't for this weird part of this match that that did that didn't need to happen it bore no significance to the feud i was really confused they come back into the building they're fighting Oh my god. Okay. Remember when uh Adam Cole had Champa and he like I don't know, I don't remember what it's called, but he jumped off the War Games cage and put Champa through a table and he's got Champa across his back. Mhm. Mm <clears throat> okay, they did that again, but they did like the 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 like he was strapped across his back. Champa did that to Gargano. Holy god. The smack from this was just a horrible sound. They were both groaning like this looked like, holy crap, that looked absolutely brutal. Thank God both of these guys are good at, are really good at this. Um, he could have killed Johnny Gargano if Tommaso wasn't really good at, it wasn't really good at his job. Um, I didn't know this was pinfall. They've been, this is 35 minutes in. There is a pinfall attempt here. I thought that this was an I quit match, basically. They never really define it, truthfully. Um, they do a callback to another one of their finishes where Gargano... Uh, Champa introduces the crutch. Gargano takes the crutch from him and does basically an STF, but with the crutch. They do an awesome job of showing how worn out these guys are with this because while they're doing this crutch STF, Gargano just loses Champa's leg. But instead of going back, grabbing the leg and redoing it, he just he just just grabs the crutch and starts trying to choke him. 
like Champa's rolling over, like trying to hit. Like this just looks so good. Like every one thing is just has so much effect. It's so freaking awesome. Um. Okay, I have this written down now. Now we are in a fourth break after the crutch thing. This is just like sell. Uh, I wrote down fifth segment is just ugly and brutal, selling to hell, like want to kill each other and will die to do so. You know that the thing in wrestling where they go, I'm going to end your career, and then they just have a regular match. Mm-hmm. This was actually the man, the proper manifestation of I want to end your career and all end mine to do so. Like these guys were trying to kill each other. Like one person would do one move. Crack the other guy, that guy fl- clumps down, and then the person who just did that move collapses. Like, there was the crutches in around for a while. There is a good two minutes where Johnny Gargano gra- uses like half the crutch because these crutches like shatter in pieces, the ones that they use. Gargano has the bottom part of the crutch, he stands up with it. They, like, punch each other, do two moves. He collapses, uses the crutch. Like, this is so well sold. This is so believable. The damage that they're doing to each other. This is just freaking awesome. Gargano eventually regains control after another break. So, the like I said, the fifth segment of this match is just so slow. But it's so good. After the break... They come back. Gargano is in control again. He looks at Champa and says, You're a failure. You're a failure as a wrestler. You're a failure as a husband. You're a failure as a father. He's like... Gargano has the crutch in his hand, the top end. He's basically going to hit him in the head and bash his skull in. Champa starts laughing. And then Gargano says, Yeah, you laugh, Tommaso. He rears the crutch back to hit champ in the head champa punches him and tomaso just beats the crap out of gargano with his crutch then he just choking the daylights out of him like scream like you're a piece of like there were so many bleeds from champa both of these guys are getting fired up they're having to bleep out like half the things that they're saying at this point because they are screaming at each other like this is amazing the referee does a... This is a ref bump that is okay. Um, Gargano and Champ are trying to attack each other. And at this point, the ref has done the what Evan said earlier. They're like, you guys are friends. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, <laughs> the ref is trying to get them to calm down. Because they're intent on killing each other. And he's like, you guys have known each other for how long? What the hell are you doing? Like, this being an NXT ref who's there as long as I can remember... And knowing that these, like, oh, this is just so freaking good. Gargano pokes him in the eye while he's in a, uh, I think Champ is getting into a hold. Gargano winds up in the ropes and the ref is like, oh, God, my eye. Like, he just got it poked out with a freaking lawn dart. Great. Champa goes to running knee Gargano where, like, the guy's sitting in the ropes and then there's the knee to the outside clocks the ref square on the side of the head and he goes flying out of the ring. Champa is such an idiot. It's not like he's lost this like three times. This is the other one thing about this match that I didn't like. Ref gets absolutely clobbered. Champa's like, 
oh, like he sells for a while that he's really tired, and then he's like, oh, I just nailed the freaking ref. Champa, or sorry, Gargano is up on the rope. He goes to reach in and pull at Tommaso. Tommaso, middle rope DDT, hardwood. One, two, three, four, five. No ref. The ref is dead on the floor because he is bumped, but he's not like a wrestler. Like, it takes a solid 10 minutes for this guy to recover. At this point, this is when all of my notes go to all caps because this was this went from 0 to 100 real quick. Remember we saw Johnny's wife Candice LeRae in earlier handing Gargano a, a, a bag. Candace comes in crying. She goes and tries cries over over Johnny Gargano. She like Tommaso sees Candace come in and is like unsure. Like Tommaso's not gonna hit Larray, clearly. And she just screams at Tommaso, like if she screams at Johnny, what the hell are you doing? Who the hell are you? She looks at Tommaso and she goes, what do you think, champ? I hate my husband. Like, wh- how do you feel? Are you proud of yourself? She goes, it, it, Gargano gets up, goes face to face with Champa, and Larray is screaming at Tommaso, finish it. Just finish him already. She goes, okay, fine, I will. Nut kicks Gargano and leaves. And I'm like, oh my God. Holy crap, Candace just turned on Gargano. Oh my lord. This what the hell? Then Champa see, seeing Candace nut kick Gargano doesn't do anything. He's just like, what the hell? He goes and not really tends to Gargano, but there's this moment of peace. Like he's like, I'm sorry. Like it looks like this is going to end because they've just decided that this is stupid and they're gonna start fighting. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like it, Gar- then Gargano gets up and looks at Champ and goes, "I'm sorry too." Candice slips back in the ring, kicks Champa in the yam bag from behind. Tommaso collapses to the floor because, as everybody knows, the dick kick is the single most devastating move in all sports entertainment. Gargano pulls off the cup and goes, "Ha ha ha! You lose." Gargano. Like, basically, I don't know what this is called. Double chicken wing face buster on the hardwood to Gargano. The ref clambers back in. Really slow count because the ref's just trying to do his job, but he's so injured. Gargano wins. Candace is now going to be the biggest heel in NXT. Um, yeah, this this was damn awesome. The match was so incredible. They did such an amazing job with there being no crowd. This finish, I'm thinking, oh my god, if this could have been in front of people, the the building would have blown twice. Like if they did the like Candace turns on Johnny and then it turns out they're working together the whole time. Like the the place would have just there would have been an earthquake. The the place would have blown. If they had done this in front of people, I'm so upset that it could have been. I know it was in the math simulation. I know it had to be for the for the you know circumstances. But this is the one instance, the one instance in this whole weekend 
where I was like, I'm actively mad. At least in relation to wrestling, I am actively mad that this was not in front of people. Um, then it ends. Candace and Johnny are walking away laughing. Um, I don't know if you can do it because there weren't people. If this would have been in front of people, I would have said, screw it. Strap the rocket pack to strap a jet pack to Candace LeRae. And if you want to make her the number one contender, I don't care because the heat level is going to be absolutely absurd from this. But that wouldn't make sense because Charlotte's champion. Yeah, I know. And they they want EO to be there, so I, like, yeah. You, you can't rocket strap her in this situation, but I feel like that is something that they could do because she as a heel because she is going to have so much damn heat for this this was just this was amazing this was i don't know if you can tell that i liked this yet or not this was just freaking awesome the only part that takes away from this is number one the overuse of the super kick just that's just a general wrestling pet peeve of mine and number two is just the truck segment didn't need to happen it was unnecessarily... It didn't play into anything. The callbacks to their earlier matches were amazing. The finding out what's in the bag, and it's a, it's a cup, so this was all planned. Such great heel work. This made me of a higher opinion of Candice LeRae. This was awesome. Absolutely damn awesome. Great job. And... Yeah, that was that was NXT. This it's it's in the it's an in the moment. Most people have like big time nostalgia. It's for me with wrestling. It's an in the moment thing. This might be my favorite WWE match ever, considering the circumstances and what they did. This might be my favorite WWE match. I don't know about the best, but I think it's my favorite. So, I will say, Evan, if I have to sit, if I have to spend the money and watch Firefly Fun House, then you need to figure out a way to watch this. I mean, because I have this network, is insane. So I can watch it. I can watch it anyway. Okay, yeah. So, watch this. This is damn awesome. And I think you'll, as much as I am a harsh critic on it, uh, on what they do with wrestling, you will. You may. I don't know if you'll love it as much as I do. But, because that's going to be pretty difficult, but you're going to love this. You will absolutely love this. This is fantastic. Alright, so we're going to, we usually begin the show with this, but we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to end the show with Random and the Rumor, because this is just basically some stuff to deal with going forward in wrestling. So, Evan, how does the WWE plan on going forward with pro wrestling? So apparently both impact. So like I said, AEW has uh, as TV taken care of till May. Right. Um, impact and WWE are starting to do are they're going to do tapings over the week. Where? Uh, I think Impact's in Nashville. Okay. Um, and I I assume WWE is going to be at the Performance Center. 
Mm-mm. Florida shut down. They can't use it. Well, apparently they're finding a loophole. <sighs> okay. Um, or they could go with Dana White and go on their private island. <laughs> so, do you want to go to the UFC private island show? Do you want to review those now? Um... No way, I've seen this movie before. <laughs> what movie? Mortal Kombat. Oh. Let's see, what else did we have written in random rumor? Uh, oh, uh, you have written down a couple of things. Um, yeah. The NXT Cruiserweight title, first of all. Yeah, so the Cruiserweight champion, I believe, is, uh, he's a guy from Ireland, right? Uh, I have... Uh, 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 Devlin? Yes. So he's stuck in the UK, so... <sighs> so... William Regal said, we're going to have an interim NXT champion. Because, mm-hmm. you know, who knows when this is going to happen. Right. NXT Cruiserweight champion, by the way. Mm-hmm. Okay, because you said NXT champion at first. Yeah. We're going to have an interim NXT Cruiserweight champion. Just want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. And also, there's a new show on Netflix called The Big Show Show. This is- I, don't, I don't like the look of this. Well, of course you won't like it, but other people might. I enjoyed it. It's ranked number three on the top ten things on Netflix this week. Is it really? Mm-hmm. See, to me, this looks kind of like they're going to go for like the, the holy foley thing, but without Mickles. So. No, this is, this is <clears throat> more of a sitcom and not a documentary thing. Oh, oh, it's supposed to be a sitcom, not his, like, his actual life. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, first episode I wasn't too crazy about, but then as I started watching it, it got better. Okay. So there's a couple insider things of wrestling references. Uh-huh. Uh, one episode, uh, his daughters were fighting and said, okay, there's one thing that WWE taught me is contract signings. So they end up Oh, having, no. They end up having a contract signing, and he said... And then he said, if this was really like the WWE, we would, one of you would po- powerbomb the other one into the table, but the, the wife uh, nixed that. <laughs> See, in most of instances, I would think of this as making fun of wrestling and be stupid. But, however, in this instance, one, it's supposed to be a sitcom. Two, uh, well, the, half the stuff the WWE does is stupid anyway. So, if you want to make fun of this, that's fine, because it's true. It's a trope at this point. All right. Is so that, uh, I'm not sure if you like, but I, I think Becca would like it. It's pretty good. Yeah, she might. I'll tell her about it. I'll see if I can steal her Netflix so I can watch it. I mean, um, uh, purchase Netflix. Well, we already established that you tried to steal the network, so. <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to get my free trial. That's all. Because um, I actually never got the free trial to begin with. I just bought it, which is. Which was stupid at the time. Um, so I'm just was just trying to go back with the free trial I never got. So uh, is that it for you? Uh, yeah. In this three hours of recording episode. Yeah. All right. Well, just like a Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa match, this marathon session of No Marks Allowed is over. This was part two. 
Hope you enjoyed part one of the WrestleMania recap and talking about, you know, SmackDown. Then this part two where we talked about Monday Night Raw and NXT and the random and the rumor stuff going forward. Um, last week we promised you, why does Evan Williamson love Japanese wrestling so much? That will be next week, I think, right? Hopefully. We'll see um, uh, if anything big. I mean, I don't think there should be anything like overly huge going forward for a bit. Right. So... Anyway, so we'll tell you what's going on with wrestling. Especially since I'm only watching SmackDown right now. Literally only watching SmackDown right now. <laughs> Next week, right. Um, should be interesting to see what they do with SmackDown, by the way. So, that is going to be it for episode number 11, part 2 of season 2 of No Marks Allowed. Please give us a like on our Facebook page at No Marks Allowed. Share us around, share us to your friends. Remember, sharing is caring. Uh, give us a rating, send, uh, give us some comments, like tell us what you think uh, so we can get some feedback here. You know, tell us if you think Evan and I have good chemistry or you think we're terrible together or if you think that I ramble too much or you think Evan says too little, you know, whatever it is. Leave us a comment, give us some feedback, uh, share it around so your wrestling friends can listen and you can also, there's another thing that I want you to listen to. It is called Sports Fictions with myself and Justin Minkley. You can find that on Facebook. at the, Just type in Sports Fictions on Facebook. Sports, obviously, and then F-I-X-I-N-S on Facebook. You can find us there as well. You can also find us on Anchor and Spotify. Just type in Sports Fictions. And hopefully that podcast will be coming to iTunes and or Apple Podcasts, I guess, and Google Podcasts and that kind of thing. Um, but for now, if you want to listen to this or any of the other shows of the No Marks Allowed podcast, you can tune in wherever you find your favorite podcast, be that Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Anchor, Spotify. We will be on CastBox coming never for Evan Williamson. I am Michael Dion. Stay safe, stay healthy, have a good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and a good night.